0: Hello, Beth Chase here and welcome to another episode of Wellness Wednesday with 3W. 3W Medical is an accredited medical clinic with National Accreditation Association for Ambulatory Healthcare Organization. We provide free reproductive health screenings and consult services for women, and we don't make any money from the reproductive choices women make. Well, today I have with me several of the 3W team members who are participating in a unique and hopefully fun and entertaining round table discussion about a new series of Wellness Wednesday with a, a series of 3W podcasts. And we're going to be starting with how to care for your vagina. That's going to be the theme of the, our next couple of podcasts, or as we have been jokingly lovingly calling it, how to care for down there. So first, let me start, though, with one of our new team members. She's our new medical team member. Her name is Christy Emmons, who is a graduate from Seattle Pacific University with her bachelor's degree in, in uh, science of nursing. She also went on from there to receive her master's in nursing and family nurse practitioner program at Gonzaga University. She's worked at Swedish and Evergreen Health Hospitals. So welcome, welcome, Christy. I know that you're passionate about education and you're passionate about partnering with your patients to really help them understand how their body works for ultimate wellness. So I'm so happy to have you here. Okay, now, in addition to Christy, we have some familiar voices to the podcast with us today. Helen Wynn, who is the CEO of 3W Medical, and Taylor, who is our executive assistant. So welcome, everyone. So glad you're here.
1: Thank Thank you. This
0: should be lots of fun. So Christy, let's start with you. So let me ask you this, Christy. As a nurse practitioner, would you please talk about what is the vagina and pretty basic, where is it?
2: Well, the vagina is the female reproductive organ, and it's located down there, as you said. It's an area that brings the ability for women to have children, to have intimate relationship with her husband, and it is an exit for her urine, which is part of the normal physiologic processes. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. (laughs) Yep. You got to have that urine go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Or
0: come out somewhere. I guess that's the better way to say it. All right. So let's talk a little bit now about, since we're talking about cleaning, cleaning the vagina, can we first talk about what are some of the kind of red lights or reasons why women feel like they need to do, care for their vagina, keep it clean. So what do you think are some of those reasons that particularly cause us to say, "Hmm, maybe I should clean down there?
2: I think that's a great question, Beth. And it's one that I meet frequently when I'm working with women at their annual wellness visits. And a common question that I have is, why do I have vaginal discharge? And so it's been really fun because I get these questions repetitively, and it seems like in a series, and it might be about vaginal discharge. It might be about something else. But anyways, it's been really interesting, and in then it, it it makes me realize how there's this barrier or this knowledge deficit with women in what is normal vaginal discharge. So I have been doing a lot of teaching lately with the women at this clinic here and my other home clinic, and I think it's important to know that vaginal discharge is totally normal and we don't need to do anything. We don't need to clean it. We don't need to cover it up or try and get rid of it. It actually has a process and I like to think that our bodies were made with an incredible intelligent design and sometimes we as human beings try and intervene when we don't need to and so one of the things I took a few notes here that we can kind of cover as you go through asking me more questions about vaginal care but The discharge, it starts at puberty, and the main reason why we have it is estrogen. So as estrogen increases in our body, we have this physiologic response, and we start to increase vaginal discharge, and it's a normal process. It naturally cleans and helps remove cell turnover or dead cells from the vaginal area, and it helps us stay healthy. It will fluctuate around the menstruation cycle, and sometimes it's thinner, and sometimes it's thicker. But it's basically a clear to white discharge, primarily water, and multiple microorganisms.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Christy, is there any time that a woman should consider cleaning
2: the vagina
0: Versus just leaving it alone.
2: That's a really good question. And it's funny because I think sometimes patients will hear more from your own personal experience. And so I'm just going to kind of bring in some fun that my OBGYN taught me. And she said, your vagina and your reproductive system is like a self-cleaning oven. And with gravity, (laughs) it just will come out to the exterior part of your vagina and... As long as it's clear to white, not a strong odor, but every single person has a different odor and it depends on their chemical makeup, it depends on their activity, and um, you have different glands in that area. So an odor is not a bad thing, as long as it's a consistent normal odor for you.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Describe normal smelling vagina.
2: Normal smelling vagina. That's a really good question. Oh my goodness, I don't. Know. I don't know if I can answer that. How do you describe um, it? But uh, it's it, well, not strong. Uh uh-huh. You know, I think the concern is is that women get caught up that they have this discharge, and yeah, it has a smell to it. It's going to fluctuate throughout the month, but it shouldn't be offensive. It Mm -hmm. shouldn't be really strong. And if it changes from her baseline consistency, then she should probably go and talk with her provider. And the reason why she should talk with her provider is often women, and with the help of Dr. Google, they'll go and diagnose themselves, and it could very potentially be something different. And it's just nice to have a professional, experienced eye to evaluate the discharge or the odor to know whether or not it's something to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. So in my situation, it was great because women that I take care of, if I happen to be doing an annual exam where I'm doing a pap smear or a pelvic exam, I can actually share with them why it's normal, Mm -hmm. what it looks like, what the consistency is. I mean, they can even smell it if they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and often, to be quite honest, we as providers and medical professionals use texture and smell frequently because it can lead us down a diagnostic path if there is a concern. So, okay,
0: so you're saying basically know how you smell.
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of. And everybody has okay. their own personal scent or uh-huh. If you will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Out of curiosity, because I remember this question being asked, especially when I was in college but is there a way to make it smell better? Is there food you can eat is kind of what I'm saying. No garlic. No, nope. yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, but I, I I even heard, like, you can eat certain fruits to make it. Is this a complete,
2: mm. like, Google search that some random college student did? It is completely <laughs> untrue. That is interesting. You know, I've had my head in a lot of books. I uh-huh. love reading. I love information. And I haven't found anything about changing the smell or making it smell better in any way. But what I will say is, if you try and cover it up with scented feminine products, which include douches, deodorants, sprays, oils, perfume, I mean, people use all sorts of things, or scented pads, what you're doing is you're actually going to have a potential to disrupt the balance Um, And if you disrupt the balance, you could actually cause some irritation, maybe an infection, because if you throw the balance off, it changes the acidity of the environment and can actually cause bacterial growth. And then I would say you would have an unwanted odor. Mm -hmm. So in our efforts to make it prettier, smell prettier, less discharge, we can actually make it worse, more discharge mode, mm-hmm. more odors. Okay. So do you see, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: so basically no. No, yeah. don't that, touch it, that, you don't that, need to do
2: anything. Okay. And when people, like, for example, here's a question that I'm often asked. When I'm menstruating, is it okay that I scrub that area? And, and I would say no. I mean, I understand when you're menstruating, you're gonna have a normal amount of discharge, bloody discharge, you go through your day, you might be working, but I always tell women, mild soap for your whole body. Our body was made so that it can actually take care of itself. So when you wash yourself, really minimal and external, you don't want to go up into the vagina, just exterior and always rinse. Rinse really well. No soaking in scented bubble baths. I would recommend something like Epsom salts. Um, If you have to have a fragrance, I would make it likely an essential oil in a huge bathtub with only maybe a drop or two, but very little. And that's the only time I would Mm -hmm. say any sense anywhere near your vagina. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Can we circle back to, I don't know how we're getting stuck on the (laughs) smell thing, but uh, we, here at 3W, as you know, because you work here, is that oftentimes we see women who have multiple partners.
2: Oh, yes. Does that make a difference? This is a really good question because this balance that I'm talking about and in our efforts to make ourselves more attractive or not smell as much or have less discharge, it interrupts the pH balance of your vagina. So our vagina, thank you to estrogen, it creates an environment that's acidic. And that acid environment prevents us from having bacterial infection. It helps fight off different exposures that we might come in contact with. And so if if we do certain things in our lifestyle, we can risk this pH balance. So basically if the pH balance is thrown off, there's multiple things that women don't realize in their efforts to take care of themselves is causing an imbalance. And this would include Everything that we talked about in regards to feminine products and scents, it includes smoking. Sometimes it can be diet. Sometimes it can be simply genetics. And it can be multiple sex partners, a new sex partner. And it can also be having intimate relationships with other women. There's actually research evidence that shows when you have female relationships with another female, that it poses a risk for you to have bacterial vaginosis. And I'd love to go down that road, but I I would have to interview my my friend and colleague who's an epidemiologist. Um, but I have lots of questions for him. Oh, no, okay. Well, we'll
0: have okay. to talk about bringing him on. Yes, Helen? So you're saying int- like relationships with other women, you mean intimate relationships with other women? Yes. Okay, um, I was thinking like when you work with a lot of women and all your cycles sync Oh, that's no, and that's another, that's a, and that's another, another interesting subject phenomenon. Yes, But uh-huh. it's
2: just something that they found in the research. And there's different ethnicities that have a different makeup of lactobacilla, and they don't have quite as much as maybe another ethnicity. And so basically the estrogen that creates the lactobacillus, which creates an acidic environment. That's your protection right there. So, Mm -hmm. I have a couple things I want to say about this. Sometimes it's just genetics and ethnicity. You just don't have the same amount of lactobacilli. And the lactobacilli actually have a byproduct of hydrogen peroxide. And that's what helps Mm -hmm. protect our vagina. Hmm. So, by nature, you might have been gypped on lactobacilli. However, As we get older as women, when our estrogen is dropping down, we also are at a different risk and we don't have as much lactobacilli. And it sets us up for vaginitis. It can set us up for more frequent urinary tract infections. There's so much information about this little environment of health. When we just leave it alone, mm-hmm. so. it's like its own ecosystem. It's like <laughs> it, it seriously <laughs> is. It's it has its own uh-huh. microbiome. Yeah, uh-huh. and in our effort to make it better, it often makes it worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. so leave it alone is mm-hmm. the bottom line. Just really simple. Just mm-hmm. Keep it so simple. So like warm water just on the outside mm-hmm. use your well. day yeah yeah the day would be ideal i guess yeah. as long as you're not crossing back to front but, yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but that that could be useful mm-hmm. yeah
0: now i've heard dr rutherford talk about how important it is to keep it dry
2: oh yes dry and this is so funny cuz we are completely parallel on this and i've gone to they used to have lectures during the day at the hospitals that i worked at and One of the lectures that I went to was something like the fungus among us. And (laughs) we can have all sorts of problems with the normal bacteria Uh because the thing is, is in the vagina, we have yeast, we have microorganisms, we have bacteria, and it's normally present there in health, but it's in a balance. So when it's imbalanced because of our efforts to make it smell better, we'll have an overgrowth of yeast or we might have an overgrowth of a microorganism or bacteria. And so the same thing goes on our hands. So for example, men who are frequently sweaty and not able to change their clothing because they have a long football practice or track or maybe they have a really vigorous job and maybe their clothes are too tight-fitting or perhaps a long-distance runner who then goes and runs errands after with her sweaty wet clothing and wet socks, she can get fungus in between her toes. He might get fungus in his groin. She could also get fungus in her groin. And that's just an example of how we also have a little ecosystem, Helen, mm-hmm. or a microbiome on our skin. And if something's imbalanced, then something can overgrow. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, you've talked a little bit about like the things that we as individuals do but and i'm blushing at even thinking of this conversation (laughs)
0: luckily (laughs) they can't see our faces but
1: (laughs) okay so how about um how to take care of your vagina after having sex and when there is like semen in the vagina because and we have talked about this as individuals in conversations but like that smells, and then it mm-hmm. lingers for a couple of days, depending on various things, but then, I mean... You sneeze. Yeah, you sneeze, <laughs> and it just like, releases. So how do you take care of your... Smelly vagina, really, but, I mean, that's something that you haven't done. It's it's just part of, like, the nature of things, So mm-hmm. because I have certainly had that problem, my poor husband.
2: <laughs> I think that's another really good question, and the reason why I like this opportunity is to have candid conversation with women that are willing to talk about things that a lot of women have questions with, and they don't have the opportunity to ask it. So this is a great opportunity to talk about when you do have maybe semen in your vagina from just having intimacy with your partner, your husband. Again, I go back to the self-cleaning oven and how gravity works. And it will just all come out on its own, along with your vagina's ability to naturally clean with gravity and cell turnover. And as I said before, it's primarily water. So again, you don't need to introduce anything. And, And honestly, and I tell this to a lot of women who are caught up on their vagina smelling, I will tell them it doesn't, it doesn't really smell. It's it's almost like it's not your imagination. There's an odor, but it's not this huge odor that everybody around you can smell. Mm-hmm. And like when we have our menses, we can feel that something is coming out of our vagina, meaning the blood for our menses, which is normal. You can feel that with semen but it will just eventually come out and you just go about the same process maybe use a panty liner that's mm-hmm. kind of nice mm-hmm. and i'll tell women that are exquisitely athletic when they're sweating who complain of itching in the groin not even internally of their vagina but the external area i'll say just put on a panty liner because if it's unscented panty liner it will help wick some of the moisture mm-hmm. and so that's kind of another thing that can provide comfort, wick the moisture, but that's also just part of the process of being intimate. You have to be willing to tolerate that for a short period of time, yeah. but good question. <laughs> but then that brings me back to you, Beth. You had asked something, and I kind of went down this tangent, and I'm not even sure, did I answer that last question that you asked?
0: About, what did I ask? Something about, I don't know.
2: There's so we'll, much we'll, to talk about. We'll, we'll probably cross that okay, over Okay, we probably it. will. So. Oh, oh, I have a question. Go ahead.
0: Helen? So it's normal that during your period there is a different smell than... yeah, be, Because the period smell has
2: like a completely different smell yeah, than how the, you smell mm-hmm.
1: normally. Gosh, we're yeah. just smelly people.
2: <laughs> and, and actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Helen, because when I talk about the risk factors that set you up for altering your vaginal pH and putting you at risk for a vaginitis, or irritation, or maybe increased odor, Um, another one of those risk factors is if you have excessive bleeding from your vagina, if you're not changing your pads or if you're not changing your tampons, you can have an increased odor, Mm -hmm. but you can also change the pH and then have a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have good, they call it peri care, perineal care, Mm -hmm. where you're wiping front to back, where you're showering appropriately, not introducing anything into the vagina, making sure you dry yourself off. That's what we were oh, talking right, about. Oh, that's hearing. Okay. And so <laughs> uh-huh. I was telling you about the lecture I went to about the fungus among us mm-hmm. and what I tell my patients when they have these lifestyles where they might be sweaty or in their socks or tight-fitting underwear or workout pants or whatever it might be, when you shower, if you put your hair dryer on your counter or on your floor, and I want to be really specific here, it's not to hurt you, it's not to be excessively hot. It's called blow by, meaning it's a distance from you. And after you towel off, you just have the hair dryer there. If it's on the counter, if you're lucky, depending on your height, it might hit your exterior um, genital area. Men who have issues with jockage, I'll tell them to lift their testicles and just make sure that they're getting dry. Because they also have a lot of hair down there, and sometimes women do as well. And you can also put it on the floor and just spread your toes open and let your skin just be nice and dry before you get dressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's a huge, simple thing you can do Okay, to prevent excessive moisture.
0: All right. Makes sense. Okay, Mm -hmm. since you brought up the subject of hair down there, Mm -hmm. and we're talking about cleaning, Mm -hmm. that's our supposed to be our primary topic for today's (laughs) session. Um, Now, I know that sometimes women think that by shaving down there, that it keeps things more clean. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, my thoughts. I've worked in nursing for a long period of time, both in oncology and surgical nursing. And so often I might be assessing a patient, and something that can confuse providers is if somebody is overshaving or excessively shaving, maybe causing irritation, in their efforts, again, to be beautiful or attractive, it might actually have a purpose if they're shaving their bikini line if they're going on a trip, I think, you know, everything in moderation. So I would say, yeah, sure, do some trimming or shave if you need to, depending on what you're wearing at the beach. But honestly, this is just another area where I would say it's less is more. And the reason why is when you shave, you can introduce The normal bacteria that we have on our hands or our skin, I mean, I'm holding my hands out here, so that normal bacteria can then enter into the follicle of the hair and get inflamed. And so then you have this low-grade infection called folliculitis, or you might even get razor burn, and... Sometimes hair looks better than folliculitis or razor burn. And from the Mm -hmm. provider's perspective, if I'm doing an assessment and I need to check if somebody's lymph nodes are swollen in their inguinal area or the groin, they can be inflamed simply from this folliculitis or this razor burn that they themselves caused in an effort to make themselves beautiful. So I think Mm -hmm. we're naturally beautiful is what I'm trying to say here. Our bodies were designed... With a lot of forethought, and they're doing everything they need to do without us intervening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything in moderation is kind of how I try and live my life by. So, Mm -hmm. anyways, that's my opinion.
0: Okay. Oh, thank you for that. Women here, any other questions about cleaning down there that you would like to ask Christy?
1: So you don't have to, like, comb your hair down there? (laughs) Or, like... (laughs) Or like, (laughs) yeah.
2: I don't know, like waxing, would that be better than, you know, than shaving? That's a really good question, Helen. And waxing depends. If somebody has really sensitive skin and they go to get waxed, they can actually develop welds Mm. from the traumatic experience for their skin. Ripping it off. Yeah. Uh Because the ripping it off can stimulate a histamine release. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess you just kind of have to weigh the risk of waxing over shaving or maybe Mm -hmm. even an electric razor and what your ultimate goal is Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to risk. Folliculitis, Mm -hmm. razor burn, welts from. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but doing it when you're really well informed of the risks with really clean environment and in moderation Mm -hmm.
1: okay
0: all right well this was a really great start i think to our uh, ongoing episodes on vagina care and thank you so much christy for sharing your wealth of experience and knowledge in this area so christy before we bring this episode to a close if there was one message that you want to leave with the listening audience, you want them to get this one message, what would that be?
2: So if I were to sum it up, I would say basically everything in moderation. It's reasonable to want to have good hygiene and feel good about yourself and feel clean, but sometimes minimizing what we do or our efforts to make ourselves feel prettier or smell prettier are not even necessary Mm -hmm. because our body does a lot of it on its own okay so everything in moderation
0: yeah i've heard you say also leave it alone
2: yeah just leave it alone leave it alone it takes care of itself we'll
0: leave it or not we'll we'll probably talk more about when we shouldn't leave it alone yeah and one of our next episodes so thank you again christy and thank you helen and taylor for participating in this very open discussion so anyway you can find out more about this uh, vagina care information at the 3w website at 3wmedical.org that's the number three that's the letter w and the word medical.org while you're there i encourage you to click on the wellness wednesday tab at the top of the menu there and just join this community that is so dedicated to making sure that women have free access to reproductive health care choices from a clinic that does not make any money from the choices that they make. We're so proud of that. So be sure and join us again for the next few podcasts coming up about vagina care. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.